Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I am James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. Everybody in the newsroom is pissed. We've got that story, plus the politics of climate change are going out of fashion. But first, some Palantir produce. Grocery chain Kohl's inks a deal with CIA-linked Intel data firm Palantir. Aussie supermarket chain Kohl's, I had not actually heard of them before, Obviously, they're quite the big player. Aussie supermarket chain Coles, C-O-L-E-S, signed a major deal with American data intelligence firm that provides high-level analytical technology to the CIA and the Pentagon. Experts warn the arrangement with Palantir could lead to job losses and vast cost-cutting as the company seeks to save about a billion dollars in operating expenses over the next four years. More than 10 billion rows of data, including in-depth insights into Kohl's 840 supermarkets, 120,000 employees, 9,000 suppliers, and $41 billion in revenue will be ingested into a system called Foundry. Then, by intricately examining each store, team member shift, and allocation across all intervals in a day every day, Coles can begin to redefine how it thinks about its vast workforce, a press release issued in the U.S. the last week reveals. And I think that's the only way the Aussie people would have known about it. The, the Coles grocery store chain has been kind of tight-lipped on it. Palantir, of course, is pretty excited. Luke Munn, research fellow in the field of digital cultures and societies at University of Queensland, warned the deal should be cause of concern. Munn believes Palantir's technology will eventually be ticking along silently in the background, imperceptibly but powerfully shape the lives and livelihoods of Australian supermarket employees and shoppers. By placing Palantir at the heart of its operations, Coles quietly smuggles in several key assumptions, that food is a commodity to be optimized, paying for labor is a risk rather than a responsibility, and data can capture everything of importance, Munn wrote in analysis for the conversation. Data is the new oil. At a time of increased food insecurity, Australians should strongly question whether this is the direction one of our major grocery providers should take. Coles declined the request for an interview about the Palantir deal, saying, quote, we don't have anyone available. Solving the supermarket, why Coles just hired U.S. defense contractor Palantir. That is theconversation.com. And that's not the only blue light special. In related Palantir news from Operation Mockingbird Time magazine, tech companies turn Ukraine into an AI war lab. And I think they're saying it like it's a good thing. Early in the morning of June 1st, 2022, Alex Karp, CEO of data analytics firm Palantir, crossed the border between Ukraine and Poland on foot with five colleagues in tow. A pair of beaten up Toyota Land Cruisers awaited on the other side. Chauffeured by armed guards, they sped down empty highways towards Kiev, past bombed out buildings, bridges damaged by artillery, the remnants of burnt trucks. And they arrived in the capital before the wartime curfew. The next day, Karp was escorted into the fortified bunker of the presidential palace, becoming the first leader of a major Western company to meet with Ukrainian president and former sketch comedian Volodymyr Zelensky since Russia's invasion three months prior. Over a round of espressos, Karp told Zelensky he was ready to open an office in Kiev and deploy Palantir's data and AI software to support Ukraine's defense. Karp believed they could team up, quote, in ways that allowed David to beat a modern-day Goliath. James... Neo-Nazis casting themselves as the biblical third king of Israel. Some, some, that's some biblical walls for you there. This is basically going to be Amazon, Whole Foods, Super Walmart, Turf Wars. It's the company's store versus the company's store. James? Yes, but for what 
is the question. What are they playing for? And to get a handle on that, I think we have to understand what Palantir is. What actually is this company? What does it do? And for the answer to that, you could turn, for example, to that article that you were talking about there that cites uh, Jacob Helberg, a national security expert who happens to advise uh, Palantir CEO uh, Alex Karp. And he says uh, they, Palantir, are the AI arms dealer of the 21st century. Well, that's one way of categorizing it. But another way is basically the TLDR from my editorial that I wrote on how Palantir conquered the world two years ago. And in that, I said, so what is Palantir exactly? As it turns out, that question is surprisingly easy to answer. Palantir is a front company for a once secret military and intelligence project to collect and data mine every available piece of information about you. The hard part is extracting that simple answer from the ma massive lies, obfuscation, untruths, half-truths, and contextless facts that are presented in the lamestream media coverage of the company. Case in point, that Time article we're talking about. So um, if you do want the full story of Palantir and how it came to conquer the world, I would highly suggest that you check out that uh, editorial that I wrote. But what that gestures to is the fact that this this is a military intelligence operation that has been outsourced from the actual um, U.S. governmental uh, apparatus. It's just a, a sort of, a, oh, we're putting it at third arms, uh, third uh, uh, third person kind of arms remove from the actual Pentagon. But it, it is essentially, it's a military intelligence operation that is aimed at you. And you, you hit on it there. Data is the new oil, right? We've all heard that. It, I did a podcast on it. You've heard it a million times in the past several years. What does that mean? It means that data is now a commodity that is being mined and traced and traded and sold. Um, but what does that mean? At very, very base, what it means is that our actions, our movements, our everything that we are doing in the world is being turned into data that can then be mined and traced, surveilled, bought and sold on the market, etc. And to wrap your head around what that really looks like and what that means, people may have seen some of the creepy videos that are going around right now, like, oh, this barista in Washington or whatever it is has put up this AI surveillance system that will um, record video of everything that's happening in this coffee shop and where the customers are going and who goes to the counter to order a coffee and how much they pay in that transaction and then where they go and how long they sit there and what the barista is doing. And it's, it's auto automatically monitoring all of this to come up with the data that will apparently, I don't know, tell the barista how to make $2 more per hour based on customer <laughs> turnover or whatever, whatever nonsense it's being sold as. But that's the sort of nightmare image of everything you do, everywhere you go, being tracked and traced and data mined. That is the image. And Palantir are, is one of those companies that is doing this. It is a military in, in intelligence operation that is being aimed at you to buy and sell your life, essentially. And the ultimate, ultimate aim of all of this is to control you because you are tax cattle on a tax plantation that are being fleeced as necessary. And the ultimate controllers, the rulers, the owners of you and your body and your life are the government. And they're using these... Um, proxy arms like Palantir in order to manage it. And hey, Kohl's and Amazon Whole Foods and everyone else is getting in on that game as well. Um, that's the sad state of affairs. So I hope people can at least situate this in the proper context. And you might want to read How Palantir Conquered the World to find out more about that. This also reminds me of what Amazon calls the whole way. Essentially, they're all in one. You got the store, you got your pharmacy, you got your grocery store. 
got your bank at all, it will really be the company store. And I was making the joke about the CIA as the company, it's the company's store. This also assumes you're allowed to get into that coffee shop, James, because I think this is also the perfect way to bring in that sort of biometric subscription-based grocery store to stop all those awful looters and, and thieve kids that we've been talking about along, of course, with Travel Ben. That is how we get going here on episode 544 of New World Next Week. Our second story from whatsupwiththat.com. And again, everything we say for the 14 years we've been doing this show is always included down in the show notes. Thanks, Associated Press, for reporting on EU farmers' victory over harmful climate regulations. A recent article from the Associated Press, EU scraps pesticide proposal in another concession to protesting farmers, reports that the recent farmer protests across Europe are beginning to force the EU to scrap environmental proposals that would harm farm productivity. The EU's caving on its draconian agriculture climate policies should benefit food production in Europe. The AP report states that the EU's executives have shelved a pesticide use reduction plan, which protesting farmers say increase bureaucratic burdens, keep them behind laptops instead of farming, adding to the price gap between their products and cheap imports produced by foreign farmers without similar burdens. Yes, they are fighting for the right to use more pesticides. I went into this this morning on the air. EU scraps plans to cut pesticide use in half after protests. Continuing our not unmitigated good news, the AP also reports that European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has agreed to drop some of the policies that would force farmers to leave portions of their land fallow or uncultivated. Another story by The Telegraph reports that the EU also agreed to reduce its agriculture-related emissions targets for farmers and a recommendation to curb EU citizens' meat consumption was eliminated. It's good that the European Commission appears to be backing down on some of their more extreme green reaper demands. It's also good that places like Associated Press and The Telegraph are reporting on the success farmers' protests have had so far in the EU, reining in unjustified harmful farm policies that would have no impact on climate change. Again, that's the whole other discussion. Even if you believe in man-made climate change, these measures don't do anything. Farmers in other locations like Canada, no stranger to giant trucker protests, also imposing strict regulations on agriculture, they could follow EU farmers' examples and publicly protest climate policies as well. The EU Commission's backtracking on its draconian climate proposal suggests that when enough people's daily lives are disrupted and store shelves are empty, even authoritarian-leaning politicians can take the hint and put average people's well-being above their own climate virtue-signaling inclinations. We like to call it vulture signaling in the media monarchy community. I will include the link to the AP article, EU Scraps Pesticide Proposal in Another Concession to Protesting Farmers. So that's the AP. That's the Telegraph. Here's the Beeb. BBC asks, are the politics of climate change going out of fashion, James? Just try telling that to the kids throwing soup at that Monet painting the other day. Yeah, exactly right. No, I think the uh, the soup throwers are probably beyond all hope. But uh, thankfully, a lot of people in the population are not soup throwers. And the more that the soup throwers throw their soup, the more people are going to see the absolute stupidity of what is going on in the name of appeasing the weather gods and will reject it that much more fervently. And I think that's really the takeaway of these stories. Yeah, the ultimate takeaway for me is just to underline the point, which I've been trying to stress for years now, but I will I will double down on this. It is all narrative. It is 
all narrative. Everything that we are seeing is narrative. And what is happening is as the dinosaur establishment media is dying and their control over people's minds is being reduced, um, people are able to see more clearly than I think they have in generations that there are definitely two narratives that are being laid out. And one is this establishment narrative of if you protest at this, if you're against this, then you are a planet-hating, mega-cap-wearing, right-wing, fringe, lunatic weirdo, and you should be hated and cast out from all society. And then there's the other independent reporting on this that is showing, actually, you know, it's the truckers, it's the farmers, it's the salt-of-the-earth laborers who the left used to at least to pretend to care about, who are now realizing, oh, this entire agenda is not about appeasing the weather gods, it's about controlling us and telling us what we can and can't do and trying to basically eliminate our industry in favor of their fake bug-eats-a-bugs lab-meat-gunk production process. That is where this is going. And, you know, which which narrative seems to make more sense of what's happening? Oh, right. Clearly not the establishment media narrative. And so that is, I think, that is the good part of what is happening right now. Now, of course, yes, absolutely. Does this mean that farmers should be using more pesticides and, you know, chemical, agrochemical products and stuff like that? No, that's not what, that's not fundamentally what this is about. This is about control. Does the European Union get to dictate how farmers run their farms and what they do with it? And what, uh, what, is, what is that about? It, as we know, it has nothing to do with appeasing the weather gods and saving Mother Earth. It has everything to do with controlling the human tax cattle down to the tiniest minutiae. And this is just another aspect of that ongoing war of every government and every system of authority against the people. So this is the people striking back. And who cares what they say about this or how they report this in the dying dinosaur media? The point is what we take away from this, our narrative. What is our narrative? And we have to be clear about what what is happening, why it's happening, what it means at the bottom line, because we are creating that narrative that will be the, the guiding, shaping way that people see and interact and go forward in the world and actually accomplish something. And hey, maybe, yes, take on more regenerative agriculture and organic farming and what have you. But at any rate, it should be our choice to do that, not the imposition of the European Union or any other would-be ruler. James, I have to think within the Associated Press, within the Telegraph, within the BBC, that they've maybe smelled a little bit of the coffee and don't want to end up a part of the growing hordes of unemployed media masses. I asked you guys as we were going to prep this episode, is it too soon to make fun of all these laid-off people again? No! Bloodbath at Paramount claims 800 jobs, including CBS News journalists embroiled in controversies. Grabbing this from the New York Post. Again, isn't it interesting in this day and age that the New York Post stands as a greater bit of journalistic integrity with the Hunter laptop, all that sort of stuff, versus the, the ones who think of themselves as being the important news outlets. From the New York Post, several CBS News reporters were caught up in layoffs at Paramount Global that claimed 800 jobs, including one who is embroiled in a high-stakes First Amendment fight and another who's reportedly weathered HR probes over his workplace behavior. Catherine Herridge, an award-winning senior correspondent whose First Amendment case being closely watched by journalists nationwide, was among the hundreds of employees at CBS parent Paramount 
who got pink slips just on Tuesday, just yesterday as I speak to you. Carnage provoked outrage from the rank and file at CBS with some focusing their ire on Paramount Global CEO Bob Backish, who pulled down $32 million in compensation last year despite the company's ever-shrinking financial profile. Everybody in the newsroom is pissed that Bob Backish is making $30 million and he's making these cuts, one insider fumed. Elsewhere, some suspected the layoffs were more than just cost-cutting. Sources said Heritage had clashed with CBS News President Ingrid Cyprian Matthews, a sharp-elbowed executive who was investigated in 2021 over favoritism and discriminatory hiring and management practices. Sources said CBS News Washington Bureau, where Heritage covered national security and intelligence, was hit particularly hard. Don't want to be investigating national security. Heritage may soon be held in contempt of court for not divulging her source for an investigative piece she penned back in 2017 when she worked for Fox and be ordered to personally pay fines that can total as much as 5000 a day. Among the other Washington casualties, CBS News correspondent Jeff Pegues, P-E-G-U-E-S, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Subjected to HR probes over his workplace behavior, including an alleged incident when he dressed down a female colleague in a 20-minute rant. When the incident was investigated in 2021, Cyprian Matthews, who insiders have accused of promoting minorities while unfairly sidelining white journalists, attempted to blame the female correspondent and eventually gave Pegways a promotion. That's despite prior allegations that Pegways had been lashing out and bullying younger female reporters who outworked him. She got rid of her enemies under the guise of budget cuts. She cleared the deck and she had to sacrifice some others like Pegways. So I wanted to know a little more. What's this First Amendment case they're talking about? CBS reporter Catherine Herridge faces contempt charges for refusing to reveal her confidential source. U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia ordered Herridge to sit down for a sworn deposition regarding a controversial or rather confidential source she used for a 2017 story she covered on a... Department of Defense-funded school that was the center of a federal investigation over Chinese military ties. There's like eight different narratives and stories in this, James, all kind of piled up. But the interesting thing is, there's not only are they all getting fired, but it's exposing all their little dirty race war infighting as well. The New Yorker asks, is the media prepared for an extinction-level event Pretty fantastic art there, the dinosaur media, the comet striking it in the lead image, and that Condé Nast rag, the formerly prestigious New Yorker, and their, you know, famous cartoons, you know, 100 plus years of history. They know their bone too. Rare layoffs hit the New Yorker and a unionized staff hits back. That's just from December, James. I, this last week, covered a few other rounds of pink slips on Morning Monarchy. Snapchat owner to cut more than 500 jobs. Private email and documents company Skiff is shutting down after selling out to Notion. So it basically kind of seems like this anymore, to boil it down. You said TLDR earlier. Too long, didn't read. Good journalists are crowdfunded and mostly indie, and the rest basically seem like pharma salesmen. James? This is it. And finally, I think they're starting to notice... So you get things like that New Yorker article with, with that, yeah, that fine lead image that they, they did up of the, the comet strike and everything. But yeah, you know, there's a reason I've been calling them the dinosaur media for years. There's a reason why the fake news awards are the dinos. And finally, they're starting to understand that and adopt it in their own imagery. So good on you, mainstream media, for finally figuring something out. So just allow me just a moment to bask in the schadenfreude. <laughs> but... Okay, all right, enough. But if only, if 
only it were the dinosaur media. And if only this were contained to that little paradigm, that little bubble of unreality that has existed in the corporate controlled mass media of the past century, and that model's dying, yay. But unfortunately, I think, as we all understand, that is not where this is going to be contained. And layoffs, generally speaking, not just media layoffs, but layoffs, may be the story of the year from a number of different perspectives. And I think about this increasingly as I go to the stores, even here in Japan, and more and more, it's the automated self-checkout or the, you used to go to a family restaurant and the waiter would come out from the kitchen with your order and put it on your table. No, 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 no. Now it's the robot cat waiter that comes automatically to your table and delivers your meal because now you, you need less waiters, right? And I, I'm constantly seeing this and noting it in my day-to-day -day life more and more and more. Where are even the entry-level jobs for, for young people starting out just trying to get their foot on, just trying to work and whatever, pay bills while they're going to college or whatever it is. All of these entry-level jobs that used to exist are starting to go away. And there will be more and more mass corporate layoffs and more and more layoffs in various sectors of the economy, more and more automation, less and less human beings. Um, there is a massive, massive, massive displacement of not just the workforce, but humanity itself. Um, the likes of which we, we might have to go back to the Industrial Revolution to see where you w went from an agricultural, agrarian economy, cottage industries and people working in the fields to everyone having to congregate in cities in order to go to the factories to work. We're, we're, we're dealing with that type of complete transformation of human life and activity. Um, it's just what will be on the other side of that. Uh, unfortunately, if we just stumble into the maws of this gaping chasm blindly and just continue to go along to get along and chasing the dollars that they, they put out in front of us, we know where this is leading. It's not leading in a good way. It's leading to the 15-minute city controlled, surveilled uh, surveillance state of the future where you might be you might be lucky enough to get your UBI stipend if you take all your 58th booster and what have you. We know where that, that's going. But you hit on it there at the end. Yeah, with regards to the, the media, yeah, the, the real media are the people like you and me, the independent people who are doing this and who are providing something of value to people out there that they feel compelled to support. And everyone else is, yeah, shilling for Big Pharma at the New York Post or whatever it is, you know? That's, that's the, the paradigm. And just as a few years ago, when you left your corporate media gig and your coworkers must have been like, what is he doing? Why is he not renewing his contract. Why is it, he's a podcast? How do you even do that? What does that mean? Well, they're going to learn very quickly that either they sell themselves and their soul and everything for fewer and fewer dollars in whoring themselves out to big pharma in an attempt to try to make a living, or you do it yourself and you build it from scratch and you do it independently. That is the choice. And that's not just media. That's in every walk of life. You can take the nice controlled corporate way of doing things and we that's being herded into the cattle chute towards the slaughterhouse. That's where, that's our choice. So more and more people are going to start to figure out the independence and agorism and finding your community of people that will work together rather than outside of the corporate system. That is the way forward. Again, it's narrative. 100% it's narrative. And the people who don't understand that there's another narrative, another way of seeing the world, another way of interacting, are unfortunately going to get left behind. And that's that's why I do what I do. I'm trying to let people know that there's another way. Absolutely. 
Remember that radio company is the one that introduced the AI DJ Ashley recently. So right there, they've already squished and downsized it. They filed for bankruptcy a few years ago. I could see, and this has helped me leave the place with my head held high. All my coworkers were getting fired. Everything was getting consolidated upstairs, which if you've worked in any corporate setup at all, upstairs is, that's bad news. They were piping in the Seattle morning show and acting like, oh no, that's the Portland show. Just complete and utter fakery. And I can't, I'm not good at, I'm not good at going along with the, with the fakery like that. James, I kind of wistfully kind of trailed off there while you were talking, thinking about the jobs I had as a kid. I delivered a newspaper. That's done. Nobody buys that junk. I wash dishes in restaurants. Most of those are closed down and it's all disposable crap from the food truck idling in the parking lot. Uh, Let's see, what else? I used to mow lawns. I don't know if people are allowed to have lawns. Of course, it's better than ugly farms and gardens. But, I mean, the the carbon footprint alone on mowing a lawn with a gas-powered mower, good grief. So you're right. Yeah, a lot of that has all really been has really been eliminated. I was trying to think. I was like, no, nah, they'll still have to wash dishes in restaurants. No, no, they won't. No, they won't. <sighs> New World Next Week, sigh. That is New World Next Week, episode 544. And because we don't run a bunch of ads and shill a bunch of garbage, we help run places like newworldnextweek.com that's got corporate monarchy hats shirts the apparel stuff is fun but of course it's it's the work that really i think matters it's the dvds it's the octopus radio plays it's yeah it's the music shows it's the dj shows that's what i'm good at james I, that's the thing i never wanted to be a political radio guy all i ever wanted to do is turn people on to cool music that they maybe didn't know about but i think that still works I wanted to leave that corporate radio behind and give people better better options. I looked at that radio station the other day. They have their little like, recently played you know songs. It was like you're st- you're playing the same crap I was playing when I was there. It's the Dire Straits song. It's the, uh, that's why we do this. And the newest edition. I don't know if we mentioned it if it was live the last time we were on James, but we do have in-house Corbett Report 2014 data archive. That is a part of the USB flash drive series that is on the store and shipping. And if you didn't know, why don't you know? I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 95 Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen, or I play this New World Next Week audio before this episode is published anywhere. And indeed, that is New World Next Week, episode 544, James. It is indeed. Thank you, James. I, I know that you just got an email from a concerned listener who was wondering where we were because they evidently didn't catch when we said we weren't going to be here next last week. And you know what? I understand because you help to maintain my sanity with these talks every week. So I, uh, I hope that people out there can at least get some breath of sane, fresh air from, from this. Uh, anyway, we'll be back doing it again next week. Thank you for your time. Thank you, man. Take care.